The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to Gilmore to Read. I'm, of course, your host, Haley. And I feel like it's a really big welcome back. We have not been back with Gilmore to Read for a second. We took a brief break from the book club in July. That was kind of hard to say, but I just nailed it and no one no one witnessed it. Um, I guess that's entirely untrue because I'm actually recording a podcast, which you are listening to right now. So you totally witnessed it. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was just really proud of myself. But we did take a break in July because I was sick and we were traveling a lot and very busy and trying to get things covered for the podcast that we um, let the book club have a little brief break. Um, and I'm so excited to be back with y'all this month for August. Um, reading is Sexy is reading What Happens After Midnight by K.L. Walther, which I have been dying to read with the book club. I read this one as an advanced reader copy back in February, I think it was. And I've been sitting on it just being like, I cannot wait till this book actually comes out and I can read it with the book club. I'm very excited. And then Where You Read, I Will Follow is reading Severance by Ling Ma. I have been wanting to read this book for so long. And this, again, was one of those books that I started before the month of August. And I'm already like 75 pages into it because I just immediately got absorbed. So I'm so interested to hear what you guys have to say. But it has been a minute since we've done an episode of Gilmore to Read. Um, and I'm very, very excited for today's episode, which I do mention I say excited way too much once we get into the conversation. Because today I am joined by none other than Tara DeWitt, who is the author of Funny feelings which was reading a sexy's pick for june a little about tara she's an author wife and mama when she felt like she devoured every rom-com available in 2020 she indulged herself in writing bits and pieces of her own eventually those ramblings from her notes app turned into her debut novel tara loves stories centered around perfectly imperfect characters specifically the ones who may have just enough trauma to keep them funny without being forcefully cavalier. She believes laughter is an essential part of romance, friendship, parenting, and life, and takes care to balance her stories with equal parts humor and heart. She's the author of Rootbound, The Co-op, and of course, Funny Feelings, which we're talking about today, with more yet to come. I had such a good time talking to Tara because it feels like she and I are very kindred spirits in the sense that she which I talk about here is like just such a fangirl in the sense that she loves books as much as you and I do. It's what prompted her to start writing. And I'm so glad it did because I love her books so, so much. They just feel like those books that you just want to reread over and over again because they just make you feel so good, which I talk about with her. It just feels like all of the reasons that I have over the years wanted to rewatch Gilmore Girls all the time. That's kind of the feeling that I get from reading her books where it's just like, It'll stab you in the heart, but then it'll put you right back together. And on top of loving Tara's books and her writing, I loved her as a person, not just from what you'll hear in our conversation, because we had a little bit of a technical nightmare trying to just record this episode. 
but Tara was so patient and she had such perseverance about making it happen. And I just was so grateful for her for all of the, like the turmoil that we went through together where we were just silently staring at each other because none of the sound was working. It was kind of funny, but she just genuinely could not have been nicer and more patient and just absolutely lovely about an otherwise difficult situation. At one point, it really just felt like a comedy error, so we couldn't make it work, but we did, thank goodness. And I have to admit that I was really enjoying my conversation with her so much that when it got to asking her questions about the book, I completely forgot to have her explain what the book was about. I want these episodes to be as much for the people who are part of the book club as they can be for people who aren't, who just want to find fun books that they will want to read and maybe get to know more about the author and get to hear what the book is about and maybe pick it up later. And I completely forgot to do that. So I'm going to tell you now what Funny Feelings is about. I'm going to read the description. Farley Jones is a loud, chaotic, and hilariously clever stand-up comedian on the way to stardom. The only thing she loves more than the rush of telling jokes in front of a revved-up audience is her hot older manager, Meyer, though he doesn't have a clue. Keeping her feelings from him is agony, a tragedy even, in lieu of flowers, please send cash. But Meyer has been Farley's closest and most treasured friend, not to mention vital to the trajectory of her career. She can't risk ruining the relationship by telling him how she truly feels. After all, who else would have the patience to put up with a hot mess? like her. A former stand-up star himself, single father Maya Harrigan, left the stage years ago in order to focus on raising his deaf daughter Hazel. Farley has been everything to them since she came into their lives three years ago, and despite his grumpiness, his protectiveness over Hazel, and his disdain for public attention, Meyer will do anything to make her stand-up dreams come true. When the biggest opportunity of Farley's career comes along and forces the pair to fake date in order to stir up publicity, it doesn't take long for their act to bring all those other funny feelings out into the open. Like most matters of the heart, it quickly begins to feel like anything but a joke. I don't know why I'm about to start crying after just having read that. <laughs> I really do love this book so much. There's so many moments in it that like I find myself to be like feet kicking, giggling, like just like absolutely excited over these two people falling in love and then just like feeling like I was stabbed in the gut from these things that they have been through and like the insecurities they have and like how real they are as people. Um, and I enjoyed this conversation with her about it so much. I loved getting to hear about what it was like getting starting writing, what book it was that really prompted her to start writing romance, what two comedians she sees Farley and Meyer as, also a little bit of her Gilmore Girls thoughts. And I just feel like so much of this was so self-indulgent because I got to ask all of your questions as well as all of the questions that I had about this book. And I hope that you guys enjoy it as well. And I hope that you guys enjoy as much as I did that I got to start off this conversation with my usual, hi, Tara. So without further ado, here is an equally wonderful Tara, Tara DeWitt. Hi, Tara. Welcome to Gilmore to Read. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you today. And I already know that I'm probably going to say excited way too many times today on the podcast because <laughs> I was listening to Funny Feelings this week just in preparation, just re-listening for this. And I just, the amount of times that I was just like giggling at how excited I was that I was like getting <laughs> to talk to you about all of these things and about this book. Again, just so excited. I love that so much. And excited is one of my favorite words too. So. <laughs> Good company. Amazing. Um, especially because I mentioned on my bookstagram that you were going to be on and like everyone who's ever met you messaged me and she was like, she's so kind. She's so warm and personable oh. and loves chatting <laughs> and that you're just a big fangirl. And I was like, perfect, perfect person to have on. 
I love that. That's so, that is nice. And I am chatty. I don't <laughs> always realize it, but yeah. Sometimes... I think that's a compliment, honestly. Thank you. I think so too. I, 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 I saw like a meme lately that said, I really wish that I could, you know, shut the hell up. But I, I can't. No, well, I mean, I have a podcast, so, so I completely yeah. relate to that. <laughs> Perfect. But speaking of my podcast, speaking of Gilmore Girls, one of the things I love about your books, I read Funny Feelings for the first time last summer. And it was one of those books that I like immediately was like, I know I'm going to be rereading this book a lot because it's like the same reason that I rewatch Gilmore Girls is that it's funny. Like you're just a very funny person. You can tell from your writing. And there's these moments where it's like you're like giggling, feet kicking, like just like having the best times because they're like about to touch hands. But then it's so sentimental and sweet. And then suddenly like you're going to stab them in the gut with like the backstory or their like insecurities <laughs> or what's going on. But it's just like so warm and cozy. Like your books feel like a big hug. And like that's the reason that I keep reaching for Gilmore Girls. And I feel like your books, if you could have like companion books to the show, I feel like yours fall in line with that so well. That is huge praise. Gilmore Girls is definitely one of those rewatchable things. And I love that I've seen like the same episodes five times and I'll notice something new every time or I'll have a different uh, takeaway from it. I mean, nobody can, you know, yeah, the banter and that and everything is top tier, but, and I, yeah, that's high praise. I love that about writing too. I feel like that's it, that happens even with my favorite books. No, the banter in your books. I just like, I was just like, honestly it was so embarrassing I would never want anyone to watch me re like read this book because I was just like sitting there like giggling at my laundry as I like listened to this book it was kind of creepy <laughs> oh my gosh I love that so much but speaking of Gilmore Girls a lot of our book club wanted to know some of your feelings like if you have a favorite boy a favorite team if you have a favorite storyline favorite way to oh rewatch all those things you know, that's so funny because yeah, I definitely, it's always I mean, when fall starts rolling around when it's like, it feels like Gilmore Girls season it's and Gilmore that is, season. <laughs> yes. And I've had somebody say before, like, oh, your books kind of feel that way too. And I'm like, oh, you know what? That makes perfect sense. It's my favorite season. That's my favorite vibe. Yeah, they go apple picking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I, I mean, I've changed so many times uh, over the years. Again, like during the rewatching, I've changed, like I'm team Jess, but at the same time, like when you do watch it as an adult, you're like, okay, he did kind of act like a punk sometimes, but also <laughs> Dean is, so, Dean, Dean turned it out to be kind of the worst, the yeah. worst. <laughs> yeah. That's what our first episode is about. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm like, well, I don't want to know. No. Let us know all your feelings, even yeah, if they're controversial. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I'm in, but obviously, the in the um, reunion season stuff, but adult Jess probably seems like he's a good yeah. fit. Yeah, uh, he's got so his shit together, I, seemingly. Yeah, I'd like to think that you know he outgrew some of his punk tendencies and yeah. went, you know, became a well-rounded man. But yeah, that's, they're going to fill in the gaps that way. That's the writer in you, I feel like, like bridging yes. the gap between the series <laughs> and the revival is like, this 100%. is what happened to him. He became yes. a great person. And like, no one wants to be judged for who they were when they were a teenager. But oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, God, no. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I will say I am Team Logan, but um, we're in the middle That's, of like yes. a rewatch. <laughs> and uh, I'm becoming a lot more sympathetic to Jess, I find. Yes. No, as I like, like I was definitely 
that's what I mean. Like as I have rewatched it over the years, I've had different takeaways every time. Used to think Emily was the worst, the absolute worst. Now I think she's like my one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love <laughs> like she's her. just some of her one-liners are like just the they are the sharpest um and funniest and I just and she's always herself yeah so and I can always get I can almost always get behind a character that is pretty unapologetically themselves yeah would I want her as my mother <laughs> no, no I wouldn't yeah no I don't know that it, like yeah I don't know that I would even want Lorelai as my mother sometimes though sometimes I'm like she seems like she'd be she'd be a little bit exhausting for me yeah everybody has a different personality um but as I've rewatched it as an adult I've been very like half team Logan all the time like you can definitely see why he brought out some of the good in her too so yeah yeah, no, I love that so much. Um, but you definitely love a friends to lovers storyline, as we, <laughs> as we witness here. Um, is that translate to like Luke and Lorelai at all? Oh yeah, hundred percent. What I love about friends to lovers in um, when, especially when they're like big, different personalities, um, and opposites like that, like the whole grumpy sunshine thing. Yeah, I love that they can see each other every single day she like you can acknowledge like this person is attractive every single day but there's something like what's the catalyst for things that makes it so it's worth the stakes whatever your stakes are and I I really like when there's not just um like oh well our friendship's at stake okay but you're not if you like stay together you that friendship is you know part of it's, it's going to be even better. So like part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and it, so I like that, like even in Gilmore Girls, it's like she's going to lose her coffee shop where <laughs> she goes for coffee every day. She's going to lose her favorite food stop. Like yeah. I like when there's other things that come into play. No, and I think that that's actually something that I really love about your books and your writing in general, because I love funny feelings, but I also really love the co-op so much. Like, I know we're not talking about that, but Loren is like one of my favorite like (laughs) characters I've read this year. Um, But something that I really love that you do with these people who have like a previous connection and that as like Farley and Meyer do, they're friends, is that like... I think one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to romance novels is when we like over sexualize them too soon like you said earlier that like you you notice like they're attractive there's no way to like yeah. in my mind like Chris Evans is Meyer and like there's no way yes. to get around the fact that like this is a hot man and like of same course. for Myers like he knows that she's beautiful but like it's like the small things that he notices is like she's adorable when she's excited. And yeah. so it's like we build that foundation and you do that so well to like really like connect them so cleanly in these really like almost like innocent ways when she like rests her forearm against his and you're just like mm-hmm. screaming in your mind that like, <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. So when he starts talking about her in more of like a sensual sexual way it doesn't feel so like predator because I yes. feel like a lot of times in romance novels, even the ones that I love, like chapter two, he's getting into mm-hmm. that before we've even really gotten to know him. And you're like, what? So when yeah. Meyer does it, you're like, dang, yeah, I want you guys to hold hands. Like that was amazing. <laughs> he get, he's down bad by the time yeah. that he's, he's allowing himself to like think like that. And I think that that's why 
Um, for me, especially with funny feelings, that was why doing a dual timeline was so important because, and like, I, I, I had some people, you know, uh, that thought like, oh, well, you know, how come you had to do like dual timeline? I didn't think the flashes to the past, you know, made that much sense. Well, they did because you had to see what things prevented them from moving forward. These people who so obviously are meant for each other. That's my, that is almost exclusively my biggest question when it comes to friends, lovers specifically, why, if you've been friends for this long, if you've been close for this long and you are meant to be more, why hadn't it happened already at this point? Like, especially like you're two adults, you communicate well, you're, you're good friends. Like why didn't it happen already for you? So it's important to me to show like the things that come up in the timeline that prevent things like the moment, the first time Meyer's thinking about how he is like becoming attracted to Fee and everything. And he says, he has a thought, like, I have to tell her. Then her dad shows up to the show that, and and he says, I'm going to be, I'll be your manager. And you can't, there's, there's power dynamics at play there. And, and nobody would take her seriously if she had been dating him, like when, right. they, when he was her manager and promoting her and stuff like, Oh, you're, you're promoting your girlfriend. Okay. So there, that was like, you know, one of the first things. And then, you know, one of the other like things, like she realized that she was still Meyer filled all the gaps in her lives, like in her life, except for obviously the sexual side of things. And so, you know, she, even she realizes, Oh, I was kind of dating this one dude for a while for, no reason other than that like yeah these are my these are my people and and you know I I really had to maintain realistic stakes and to show like the history together there's the working relationship and there's obviously Farley's relationship with Hazel that you can't just so sweet thank you I, I yeah I loved I I definitely that book felt like it you know poured out of me. I really loved that book. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's one of the reasons that I picked this book to be a part of the book club, because we have two sections of Gilmore to read. And this one is called reading is sexy. And it kind of term serves two purposes. Cause like, I think that like the Venn diagram of like readers and Gilmore girls fans is like very close to being a circle, but like a lot of people don't read romance, but a lot of people do. And they want romances that feel like their favorite show. And so I'll give them the recommendations, but then there's the people who like, I think they would love romance if they would just read it. And Mm -hmm. so there's this like gateway of like Gilmore Girls of like, okay, so we've got a friends to lovers, grumpy sunshine. One of them is a single parent and the other person acts like, like a pseudo parent to this other character's child Mm -hmm. and so it's like by giving them that they're like oh I do like that when I've seen it before so maybe I'll like it here um and so that was why I picked that one because I just felt like people would really love you and love your writing because I do um and so I really what I really want to know is um so when I was like looking into you I remember that you had said that you became a writer because you love to read which like I feel like following you on bookstagram anyone who knows like it's like you're a fangirl for books in the way that everyone yeah. else is. Um, and I had thought I had made it up that you like read a lot of books and then like started in your notes app and I couldn't figure out where that was. And when I got to the end of reading Funny Feelings this time, I was like, it's in her bio. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, where you saw I, it. <laughs> just to 
piggyback off that. I am a huge fangirl. I like, I used Instagram to be my like author account and to, and to promote my books and do all that. But like, some, sometimes I, I, I really can't shut up when I love something. And I, I am definitely one of those people that has perpetual FOMO. So I love when I'm like, I read that too. And I loved it. I love yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love talking about books. Even if I wasn't writing, I wouldn't shut up about books anyway. Yeah. But um, I was primarily like my entire life, a romanticy reader. I didn't really want to read any. I wasn't super interested in anything based in reality. I wanted, you know, full full blown escapism. Perfect. <laughs> and as I got older, I definitely, um, and I mean, yeah, I was. I grew up on Harry Potter and Twilight, and you know, that was my yeah bread and butter. And so, and then, and I, you know, I always like tell people I read Akatar before it was cool. So yeah, I'm wearing my Prithian sweatshirt today. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, so I, but when it came to 2020, I like, I like found that I was getting so annoyed with romance. See, I didn't want to read about these people with magical powers and like facing world ending foe, because suddenly that kind of like felt a little too reality adjacent, except for they had magic and yeah. we didn't. And I, if I had magic, I would have magic myself the F out of my house. And so (laughs) I like, I just wanted to find something to make me laugh. And I was in a book club and our book club, uh, read the unhoneymooners in it by Christina. And I just remember like laughing in the middle of the night, just laughing my butt off and, and loving it. And so, and it was just, I had to chase that. I know I read, that that's that was my first contemporary romance I ever read and then I just started reading um everything I could get my hands on but I got to a point where I I wasn't I was going through insomnia stuff and and all that and I just like had this fever dream of like you know getting to move to Idaho and have like wide open spaces and (laughs) again we were all trapped in our houses right yeah that's how folklore was born. She was like, yeah, I yeah. want to go somewhere else. So this yep. is like your own it was uh, escape. escaping it was... story. Exactly. So yeah, I just started, I had, it. well, okay. That, and I had this dream. I had this awful dream that my husband was leaving me. <laughs> and so I, uh, no, he can't go like, far. It's the pandemic. No, he couldn't. He couldn't. <laughs> um, but I, uh, it just sparked this idea and yeah I just started scribbling stuff in the notes app on my phone and then I started writing it down uh like again I'm, I'm some usually one of those people that's up way past the rest of my family oh me too yeah <laughs> I had told my um friends about it during Friendsgiving that that year I had like you know a few glasses of wine deep thought you're sharing your um, like deepest dreams yeah I decided now. <laughs> I was, yes exactly I had not even told my husband I think really? I was, yeah I it was just one of those things that was like I don't know if it was embarrassing I don't know if it was any good I didn't know what I was no like you know it's so hard to like be vulnerable about like this oh, is yeah. something that I've tried to do and like to put that out there and be like I'm trying and I want something like mm-hmm. why is it so embarrassing for us to say like I want something for myself <laughs> I don't know well and you know what's funny is that um actually seeing the Barbie movie made me think about this was it I think I really 
worried about how it would reflect on me as like a mom and a wife and that kind of stuff. And not because of the content in it or anything like that, but because of the time and everything like, oh, I could be better utilizing my time to do something right. for something else. Like you put value on what, how you're uh, serving the people in your life, you know? And the perception of how people think you're serving them. Exactly, exactly. And so it it did take me like a full year after that to finally work up the nerve to just self-publish it. So it came out November, 2021. Um, My first one did. And yeah, yeah, I just, I, I didn't even like, I had had a bookstagram um, account and, but I wasn't doing anything regular on it. I really was just on it so that I could get other people's recommendations and stuff for things to read. (laughs) And so I, I, like, even when I posted it, I didn't do any marketing lead up. I didn't do anything like that. I just said, so I did this thing, you know, if you want to read it, cool. And I, I, and I got kind of lucky. I had one, um, it started with one bookstore, but I was like, yeah, I'll give it a read because it's on Kindle Unlimited. And, you know, she started talking about it and it did, um, you know, for not doing any marketing, not knowing anything about what I was doing it. I was just excited that I had as many people reading it as they did. And then with funny feelings, it was like, yeah, that one took off it. it, Cause I think I I actually learned like to send out some advanced reader copies and to do some marketing. So I got less embarrassed to market (laughs) myself and do self promo. And yeah, um, yeah, it really took off. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out. Outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love 
a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> it's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. No, that's amazing. Like, and that learning, like learning a skill like that to like self-publish a book, like that, that's incredible. Like that you did that for yourself. That's amazing. One of the questions that I have about that is like, what is the process that you went through from like being like, even if it was just like for you, like a no one knowing is like, what was the process of going from a note sap writer to like actually sitting down and being like, I am now writing. Like, what does that process look like for you? I say that kind of selfishly because like I'm trying to write my first book. So like hearing this about you is really exciting. I love that. Um, So I think like it's so easier said than done. Um, Again, my first book I wrote in under the cloak of darkness. Like, you know, (laughs) Uh, but uh, so when that one was done, again, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even tell anybody it was done forever and ever. Um, But owning you kind of have to own it. Like, this is my time. Um, this is what, and, and just bring like, especially when it's your first book and, and everything like bring joy to it, make it, just have it be a joyful thing for yourself. I don't, um, when it came down to that, at that stage of things is, but when I was still self-publishing and I, like any deadline is self-imposed, any right. structure you make yourself stick to is self-imposed at that point. That's the beauty of if you choose to self-publish. Um, and so just when you have ideas, when you know how you want, how you want to word something and everything, like then sit down and do it. And if things are flowing, stick to it. Um, but don't be too hard on yourself if you need to take breaks in between. And if you want to find a different angle and stuff, if you're not loving how it's going, like Sometimes the only way to figure that out is to sit down and write it and to, you know, just see where it takes you. Um, even, you know, every single writer will say at some point or another, the characters like kind of do what they want to do. <laughs> even <laughs> It happens to all of us, but um, there's just so many different approaches that m- just bring whatever amount of joy it gives you. This past book that I turned in, um, I had a real deadline for the first time. Like I, because it was with my, it's my first fully traditionally published book. Which is so, so exciting. It. I was about to mention Thank that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, definitely a different process, uh, but more than anything, I made it more of a mental thing than anything else. Like having this deadline, Lou and right. uh, it has to be my very best book ever. And it has like, which every, you're going to approach every single book like that. And you're not, um, you know, even when I went from writing funny feelings to writing the co-op, I wanted 
I, I didn't, I didn't want to write the same thing. I wanted to write different characters in a different, um, I wanted to, there, there's just so many stories and different ways you connect with different characters. And so I really wanted to, um, tap into, tap into that side of things too. I wanted to be able to show a relationship that didn't have a good foundation and how that could, um, come together too. No, and I think you did an amazing job at that. Like, Thank you. If for, I know that we're talking about funny feelings, but if anyone hasn't read the co-op, like that one just like spoke to me in like such a different way. There's this moment when Lauren is talking and she is telling him about like, maybe I just want to work at the coffee shop and have like mm-hmm. work on the house and just have this really like slow average life is kind of the like idea that she's imparting to him. And I was like, I think that to some degree we all feel that way. We just want to like work at our coffee yeah. shop and work on our house and work on ourselves and that be the extent of it. And I remember like that was one of the moments where I like had to put my Kindle down, cry a little bit <laughs> and then pick it back up yeah. <laughs> and continue on because like that one was just yeah. so different than Funny Feelings is, which was our book club pick. Um, mm. But I have tons of questions from me personally, but tons of questions from yes. our book club as we get into it. Um, I will say that if you have been listening up until this point because I know a lot of our listeners who aren't a part of the book club listen to these episodes we will be talking about spoilers so either pause now go read it and then unpause and come back and listen to the rest or you know listen all the way through and have it spoiled because I think that even if you know everything we're about to talk about it's going it's you're still gonna love this book so much (laughs) um but what I wanted to do is in case anyone who is um not read it kind of wants to get a feel of what is going on um I listed out a lot of the tropes in this book because Tara like this (laughs) (laughs) it is jam-packed with like some of my most favorite things that could ever happen and I've made a list of them Uh, but we've got our classic friends to lovers fake dating grumpy sunshine single dad found family but then she cuts his hair oh yeah (laughs) she cut that's one of my favorite carries her to bed doesn't get on the airplane is I think way up there for me. Like that's amazing. Crawling for forgiveness. I'm- oh yeah, that, I I didn't even realize a lot of these as they were happening either. It was just so funny. They were just funny little moments. But They're yeah, <laughs> pet name. Her gum in his mouth. I'll let you guys discover if you have not yet. But if you have, you know. Um, I would say a variation of who did this to you is just Meyer saying who. Like that was. That one was favorite. And then the best of all, which is there's no third act breakup. Um, because these friends to lovers and different than Luke and Lorelai have really good communication, really healthy yeah. <laughs> ways of talking to each other. And even when they don't, they still do. Because yeah. we're about to get into the first spoiler, like right at the end, which is when uh, Fee is talking to him about why she is feeling this way, about him like stopping being her manager. She's like, I'm not going to move in with you. And I don't know if it's because I want to take something away from you the way that you have from me, but I just need mm-hmm. a minute. And yeah. it's like, it's unhealthy, but she's telling him that. And it's like, yeah. she's so open with him. And she's just such a raw, real person that I, like, I just want to like hug her because <laughs> she's like me where it's like, which I imagine probably from you is the way that you wrote this is like her mind spins out all the time. Oh, and yeah. it's always immediately like, followed up by something that Meyer does that like doesn't confirm it he doesn't know that he's like helping her to feel better it's like when she's on the airplane spinning out and he just shows up he's like is this okay and you're like yeah 
This is great, my man. I'm so glad that you said that because that is something that when I have found it in books is just so important to me because I don't think, uh, sometimes I feel like when you read certain love stories, it feels like these people are like, they complete each other. But at the end of the day, you need to be a complete person. And when you are like, you can love somebody in a even in an even better way and having somebody recognize the complete you. We all have our existential wound. Obviously, I'm going to give that to every single character because they've got to have a a why and a thing, right? But um, another person isn't ever going to be the thing that solves all your life's problems. And so um, like, at, at least for me, those aren't the type of stories that I am the most compelled by and moved by. It's, it's the ones that they recognize each other and, and they're, they're just, they're honest and you can be like, even when they're not communicating during their full feelings for each other before they embark on this fake dating and things start to immediately kind of click into place, they, they're doing that out of respect for each other out of respect for yeah. their, their their friendship, their working relationship. Obviously, if he's relationship with Hazel, their found family situation. And I love how much he focuses on her, the perception of her career and how yes. he can impact that by his just like being a man in the, com- the comedy yeah. space. And I think especially when it came to the end, for me, like I, I thought about it. I thought about like, do I need to break them up? And do I need no. to? And it just was like, <laughs> th- that That wouldn't happen. I don't think yeah. it would happen. In real, at the end of the day, I do really, there are, oh, there's always going to be things that are like a little more blown out of proportion and everything because it's fiction and you want and entertainment and you want it to be entertaining. Um, but I just, I, I do really want them to feel real. I want their actions to feel real. I want there to be some wish fulfillment stuff, especially like when I write like my male, male characters and everything, but I, I want it to be so, so close enough that so close enough that you're like shaking your book. Like, I want that. I want that to be real. That's my, those are my favorite kinds of stories. So that's what I really try for. And at the end, I just thought about like, okay, the re like, and even building up to it, I have made sure like she had these thoughts, like, her last one of her or her second to last you know set that she did after like the disaster set and stuff like that when um he was there with her she's like I know it's because he's by my side and like she's thinking all these things right well she finally she comes to the realization like I can't justify my success by by you either so it's okay like that I understand it but I'm I'm still gonna mourn what i built up and what you know what I like I'm still gonna be she's still scared she's still gonna be scared about like being not having him be her her manager anymore and and all that so yeah I felt like that was it was the most realistic and it was important to me that they both had a full character arc like Meyer can't be this constantly selfless person all the time he has to come to the realization that it's okay to want things for himself again even though he's changed even though he doesn't want you know to do stand-up himself anymore he wants to focus back on his own writing career she has to know that her yeah her success isn't justified by him and she can she deserves the success that she's earned on her own she can continue it so 
to me that represent that represented a full circle moment for both of them that was the only reason why that conflict was even important by that uh, to have at that point and I think that my favorite like insert into all of that is because like you could have just had it be like he's not going to be her manager anymore they're in a relationship like it makes sense that they would like separate like that and that he wants her to like grow on her own and be her own full person but the addition of like him being like I can't keep doing this. I can't be like your ultimate caretaker, like your boyfriend slash manager slash like emotional support person. Like I have to go do what I've like been yeah. afraid to do. And too. you don't need me to, and you don't need me to like, right. Even if you think it, you don't need me to. So, but that was why, you know, there were other little things that were important in that story. The fact that she started going to therapy and yeah. you, know, you, you have to start like, that was very, uh, representative of of what it's like to be like a creative person and where you're constantly like you're not able to sit in your own skin sometimes because you're so busy being out like when you're out and about like looking at other people imagining their stories and right like trying to think of funny dialogue and stuff like that like I kept thinking of I kept realizing that I was doing that and so it was like it was easy to tap into that for a, a comedian is a, they they are some of life's most like ardent observers like so and yeah I think that's true of writers too and like I yeah. love the when she was talking about um like just like any sort of artistry there was always like a mention of like a, on the page or like of the author because I think like the quote is um you wouldn't judge an author by their yep. text or their Instagram please don't <laughs> like, please don't ever judge so me by mine oh my gosh <laughs> and I love that I love little like I wouldn't call it self-insert but it's just like a author awareness in yeah. the book which I love so much I love that we started at the ending with this like yeah I know huh the perfect because <laughs> my ne- my first question was like what was the first idea for this because I feel like there's always like something like do you I know some authors start with setting or with character that comes and talks to them what was like funny feelings original idea I just remember how thinking about how difficult it is to be funny in 2d and I'm, I, I've been a huge stand-up fan my, you know, for as long as I can remember, I was going through like, when you put out your, when you put out any book, you go through, it's like a little bit like giving birth, right? And, and it's this big, wonderful thing. It's out, it's exciting and everything, but you do also, everything calms down and you go through a little bit of the blues and stuff too. And I'm, I, I was definitely going through that and I, was watching a lot of stand-up. That's like one of my favorite little, you know, mental health toolbox things. Like just find something that makes you laugh. So I just kept thinking about like all the things I know about, about stand-up comedians and stuff, what it's like to constantly be on and how it it could be exhausting to be in that brain if you don't find balance and um, how, how harshly they're judged and especially female comedians. Like how, how dare you talk about bodily functions and make, you know, openly talk about sex or anything like that, that you're disgusting. You know, I just kept thinking of like how people are like that. And so for me, I was like, what if I started a book just right out the gate with a diarrhea joke? Just <laughs> turn, One of the best turn people, lines. <laughs> I, I mean, I really turn people away immediately who are not going to be into that. They're not yeah. going to be able to find the comedy in it. And I even, I did say like the joke died. It did not go well, over yeah. well, but 
splatter, um, if you will. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, I did say that, didn't I? Oh God, I even like, yeah, made a Jackson Pollock reference. But <laughs> uh, um, no, I just, I really kept thinking about like, how could I show a character that does that for a living, but like the full spectrum of things. Like she's really a brilliant kind, smart, sweet, like just immediately one of those warm people like that will make a connection with somebody. Um, and not just some crass loud mouth. I need your attention. In my experience, those types of people, the funniest, most outgoing outlandish people in my life are also the most sensitive. And Yeah, you know, I, I really wanted to show that you talking about all of that. Like my next question is what is like you kind of talked about it is like, what is your relationship to stand up comedy? Because we have like all of the quotes from the comedians, which are so perfect. Also, just writing Farley's stand up. Like, how did you go through? Was was it a lot of like watching stand up comedy or like how did you get to that point? Definitely watching a lot. Um, I was I've always like written down funny little bits like I, I don't think I I don't think I could ever do stand-up. Um, yeah, that was one of my questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I thought uh, maybe I'll write a set to do like an open night mic night one night just to see how it is. Oh, I would love it. For front row. <laughs> yeah, oh God. I um I tried really hard to make sure it's because again, a lot of stand-up that you would see on TV and stuff, if you just wrote down everything that was happening, you wouldn't get the inflection of this person's voice and the funny face and gestures that they're doing that really hammer the points home. Like a lot of things don't read as funny as they are when you're watching them. Um, and so that was partially, you know, what, and like, I, I really wanted to touch on that. And, and especially like when it comes to comedy and ASL, a lot of comedians have interpreters at their shows and, um, I kept noticing that and I kept noticing it. Um, I had, I mean, I grew up with a deaf cousin and uh, I have some latent hearing loss in one of my ears. And I kept thinking about how hard it was like during (laughs) when I I couldn't put together what people were saying when we were all wearing masks and stuff like that. And um, it just kept nagging at my, at my brain that, uh, I really wanted their, them to be able to communicate in their own language. But more than that, I wanted to be able to show somebody who, um, show that you can have a different frame of understanding and still get the same, the meaning out of it, get everything out of it that it's meant to show you, I guess. That's so interesting. I don't think I've ever noticed that there were interpreters at a lot of the comedian shows because I feel like that is like that's so interesting that like the interpreter themselves, I feel like would have to be like a very clever, quick witted Mm -hmm. person as well to like say that in such a way that it's going to translate because that's something that Meyer talks about when he first meets Fee is that she like starts like immediately signing to Hazel and her friends and that she's telling jokes to them that they're finding really funny. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like, who is this person? Because (laughs) she can like transition so easily from like speaking jokes to signing them. And I think that that's, that's really interesting. I never like thought of that aspect of it, especially until I watched, uh, watched, well, I would love to watch this. I'd love this movie. Um, (laughs) 
I would too. Till I read that. Um, on that, on in terms of watching it, I've seen um, Chris Evans be cast for Meyer, which I love. Um, but if you could cast them, I guess in terms of comedians, like comedian style, is there like comedians that you pointed out, like or just like flagged in your mind as you wrote the book for the both of them? Definitely. So um, when I was picturing Myers comedy, which obviously I didn't have any of his sets and stuff like that, but I'm, when I was picturing him, like I could say that with full confidence that Nate Bergasi is exactly like what I imagine. Just very um, not super animated, doesn't curse much. He's not dirty, but like super funny, dry, um, sarcastic and I mean, he's hilarious. Uh, and then when it when it came to Fee, I was definitely thinking more of like Eliza Schlesinger or um, Taylor Tomlinson. Oh, I, yeah. I love both of them so much. <laughs> yeah. And I just like some of their commentary. I went and saw Taylor Tomlinson. I think it was last year, or the year before. And that's the kind of vibe that I was getting from Fee. Yes. It's like where it's just like very funny, like very like... Um, like a lot of really hilarious body language as yes. Meyer describes, which like that's one of my favorite things is that like we're getting that aspect of it because you said it's comedy in 2D, but we're getting the Meyer commentary of like what exactly is this this looks like on stage, which I love so much. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like just th there's something that's very special about people who are not afraid to look stupid in order to make another person happy, in order yeah. to like make a... Um, you know, make somebody laugh and stuff. There's just something, you know, really endearing about that. And so she's, and that's, that was why, like, it was, I even wrote the scene with of her wearing the naked man, the hairy yeah. belly <laughs> swimsuit and stuff. Like just somebody that's not afraid, who's not so focused on her own like self-image all the time and stuff like she's more it, it, yeah there is something that's very endearing about those types of people yeah and that she'll almost like it's almost like she'll do anything for the laugh yeah. but like not in such a way <laughs> that it's like attention grabbing it's just like how she naturally is which is funny because of like how deeply anxious she is as a person which honestly they really go hand in hand yeah. don't they um, because I, I I love the mental health representation, of course, in your book, because Meyer is like, you will go to therapy. Like, that's like yeah. the non-negotiable. It's like, yeah. you will find a balance in your life between the adrenaline of this job and being a whole true person. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much. Yeah. I think what most of us, our biggest existential wound, if you will, is that we're not the sum of what we do. Like we're not the, you know, the, not just like her value isn't just because, you know, isn't predicated on her being able to make somebody laugh. And that's why like, right. I rem I remember going to the, when I first started therapy and being upset that like, I couldn't get my therapist to laugh and, <laughs> and her just yeah. kind of like nodding along and stuff. And I'm like, uh, why oh is God, she not tough crowd? Yeah. Why is she not entertained <laughs> by me and my, sarcastic dark remarks and stuff <laughs> like she doesn't find me funny at all um and and that's silly <laughs> that, that, that's silly that doesn't mean that like yeah it, it, and you just and just like Meyer he's not the sum of him being a good manager to feet or just being a good father to Hazel like you're not the sum of just what you do none of us are so um, I think that that's 
important to, to touch on. And you can be this person who literally goes on stage for a living and to make other people laugh and to um, be entertaining and to, but you can also be, have these moments of being like too self-aware and, and, and self-conscious. So, yeah, it's almost like it pushes you a little bit too far that like, yeah, especially in that sense of like being like the great observer is like, Mm -hmm. you're watching other people and you're like, Oh my God, are they watching me like that as well? And you, you automatically like think about how they're, they're judging you too. Like that's, that's when that becomes your awareness. Like, you know, there are people out there that like, she's still the type of person that's going to decide to do it anyway and to, to do it for the other people, but she's still going to very aware of the ones like the, the naysayers and the negative ones, you know, you can, you can, we can focus all of our energy sometimes the negative stuff, then the negative uh, feedback sometimes just ends up canceling out. Like all, like you could have 15 people tell you how great you are. And then one tell you, just tell you how great you're not. And yeah. And that's going to keep you up at night. Yep. That's the thing that's going to stick with you longer, unfortunately. So, and what's so interesting to have like adult fee, like feeling all of these ways. Um, and like, because one of my favorite characters is someone who isn't really there is Fee's mom because it's almost like she has this part of like the explanation of the umbrella and that day where she was just so screechy it's almost like the exact opposite like her mom was that person because she was just screaming and loud and just couldn't handle her big emotions and her mom was just like okay and just kind of like let her be and maybe was a little startled by it and then when Fee got home from school she apologized but like literally what like had me in tears was her mom saying apologize to yourself like forgive yourself for this as well yeah and it's just like it's so heartbreaking that she had this like beautiful like I would say perfect person but I would never want like put that onto a mom but it's just like that perfect sort of like antithesis to what her career becomes is like this person who just looks at her and she's like you're the same person regardless of what's going on with you just again that's somebody that accepted her and loved it loved her fully and um I think that I think that those things happen to us when it comes to you know pursuing a a passion and things like that so like when she realized even at the funeral, like, and that's kind of the, like the crazy thing about life, right? Like it can be this lovely, wonderful thing and something terrible can happen to, to it's, it, it isn't fair. Sometimes things happen that just don't make sense. And I don't love the saying everything happens for a reason, because I don't think that that's always the case. And, and I think it's more like, what are you know what kind of things are you going to take away from it or or from you know sometimes it's just that well life isn't fair and it is short so what can I need to I want to find the things that bring me joy and I, I want to make the most of being present in them um and so if, like for her you know even like just be looking for the laugh and and she accepted herself she became a, a comedian a thing that really embraced all of those chaotic um, qualities about herself. And, and uh, even, you know, when for a couple of years, she didn't have somebody in her life that was respectful of it and everything she held, she found a way to hold on to that. And, and yeah, 
obviously it worked out. <laughs> Another reason why it was so important to her that Meyer be- immediately became so important to her because he did, he came to her show. He, he stepped up to be her manager. Um, he just accepted her the way she yeah. was. He said, go to therapy because I know what this career can do. Da- does to people but like I accept you and I want you to continue doing it and so yeah yeah. I love when they exchange the like I was so lonely until I found you because like I think that that's so like that can go one of two ways where it's like you are now filling in all of the cracks of me and like I'm so codependent and emotionally dependent on you because what would I do without you Mm -hmm. but I think that you built these like such strong self-aware or like even when they're not self-aware that they just like are these big beautiful deep feeling personalities that stand on their own but the thing about romance that a lot of people talk about is that it's like you don't need a man to complete you but it's like but having community and family and love is like what we all need that is what we need you know that you don't yeah yeah. And so like, I think that's the thing with romance is like, oh, it's just books about men completing women. It's like, no, it's about finding people that we can share our lives with who really understand us. Yes. And I feel like that's so perfectly what Fee and Meyer are, which is like the opposite, whatever everyone thinks it is. I'm still hung up on people not thinking that the dual timeline makes sense. I know you said that so long ago. <laughs> but it's Oh, no, like- that that's definitely something I've actually been like, you know, even asked about it in an interview before and stuff. And, and they're like, I just didn't see why, like why they, they were important. And, and for me, yeah, it just comes down to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't find it nearly as believable if it, I wouldn't find it. It would just be them posing for, for stuff and, and focusing on the fake dating aspect of it. And I, don't always love like I love it sometimes don't get me wrong but I I don't always love when it's this other element at you know this other force that is gets to be responsible for them finally getting together that's why I wanted them to talk about talk about things at each step and and for them like yeah they can do it under the guise of like we're practicing and over this or that but it very quickly becomes like, this is, it feels too good to go, you know, deny ourselves anymore. And it it feels like you miss out on this deep well of them too. If you don't have that background, it's like, like, what is the point of like having a friends to lovers? It doesn't start at the beginning or like, yeah, even like halfway through, like in any capacity, getting that like first reaction to them or like getting the history of their friendship and their jokes and how much he understood her. And if they started practicing, it's like, oh, yeah, that's cute. That's hot. We love it. Yeah. But it wouldn't have that like deep. It's not the same like, the, emotional the impact at it. all. Yeah. No, not at all. And so but. The other thing that I love about this that like really is like aided by the dual timeline is that in a lot of friends to lovers, you can kind of like pinpoint the exact moment that something changed. Like with Luke and Lorelai, it's like they kissed or like the other friends to lovers I really love is people we meet on vacation. And it's like they're all like building to that one moment that changed everything. But it's kind of like you keep turning the page and then suddenly they love you like they're being more open about their feelings and there's not this this one huge moment of like fee I love you like this is it it's like this like they're practicing Mm -hmm. and it's almost feels like 
even though it's fake dating, which like I really only truly believe fake dating when it's in these like PR situations. Yeah, <laughs> but it's same. like, but it's like they're they're practicing, but it almost feels like their friendship in this like past timeline, thirty eight months ago, needed that practice too. This like mm-hmm. safety of like, can we just give this a try real quick? Yes. And then suddenly it's like they're both like really open and like. I love you. Your love of my life is great. Like now let's, yep. now let's make out. Um, yes. <laughs> and I love that so much about it. Cause it's so realistic. Cause there's not like a real moment that happens with you and someone else. It kind of just like you fall into each other. Yes. I mean, it was important. It was important for me to even like, like after they have their first kiss and she does have that awkwardness and that kind of yeah. like fretful feeling and everything. Like when they, when he like brings our plate of food when they're at the um apple ranch af- oh, after I love that. and um yeah and, <laughs> he knows uh, her so well I know yeah I'm like I would I would need some food at this point um <laughs> and like when she's like it was a good kiss like it, it was a like she, she's like I'm sorry that it you know whatever but it like it, it, there and there's no denying it there's no yeah. like again they just they've been close friends they've been any like so like woven in each other's lives that how do you make that feel realistic and so that and just like when you know they go to the the football thing and all at the football game and he goes and he ends up coming back to the hotel and yeah and she's like what you know what are you doing here well I did forget I forgot my bag again but also like I haven't said it I haven't said things before and like regretted it so I'm gonna like he just puts it out there like I wanted to come back and I will, you know, I, and, um, I think that, yeah, I, I, she even says like, you can't keep doing the same thing all the time and expecting different results. And so she does, she's starts becoming more open immediately too. So to me, to me, writing funny feelings was all about like, how could I write a, a realistic friend to lovers for me, like realistic stakes, realistic timeline and a realistic unfolding of things and so yeah. that was that was my interpretation of it with a little bit of like wish fulfillment of like oh yes. me and my best friend now have to date so that my career yes. can be improved like oh it's exactly. so perfect I love it so much it's just if anyone is still listening and they haven't read it I just feel like if you want to just feel just like all of your best feelings and just like healing I feel like funny feelings is a great way to go um but you did mention a little bit that you your history with ASL because this is like a big part of the book because uh, it's Fee comes in and she knows ASL, which is like like another, I guess, like wish fulfillment on Meyer's end is that like this like person comes in off a storm and just like a tornado takes care of everything, but in like a very gentle way. Um, mm-hmm. What I was going to ask you what your uh, history was with that, but you said you had a deaf cousin. Yes. Um, and... I mean, I have, I had a good friend that is an interpreter, um, for like a phone service. Um, and so I had a lot of resources as far as the, um, community went and, and, uh, sensitivity readers and all that. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, I love the deaf community and I, especially with how it ties into stand up and humor and all that, I think. And I think like, and, and obviously comparing writing to comparing 
you know, to having a, a disability. It's not the, not in the same family, but I think when it comes to, again, being funny in 2D and like watching somebody like be funny in, in ASL, like you're not getting the same inflection just because you have different frames of understanding doesn't mean it can't happen. Doesn't mean you don't get, you can't um, understand it well, just like somebody that, you know, can dance. I was just about even to say they, that. Even though they don't, they can't hear music, doesn't, they, their frame of understanding is different. That's what all they it. make up in knowing I make up for in showing like yeah. the way that fee relates to Hazel. And like, I know like Meyer, like I am not a parent, but like just seeing how he wants to protect her and like mm -hmm. keep her from dance because he's afraid of what could happen. Like he just wants to like scoop her up and like keep her safe. But it's Fee who's like, let her do it. She wants to do it. Let her like if maybe she's bad at it, but like maybe this will unlock yeah. something in her. And I love that she is that person for her. Like she teaches her how to be brave. And like she comes back with that to Meyer that like she's given her so much confidence and like she's part of their family. Um and I love how that all comes full circle that like Fee says yeah. it before her show that mm -hmm. like Hazel is like, dad, if she doesn't want it, but you have to show her how much you love her in the same way that I show people with dance. Like yeah. I love, I love how each individual character had, like, I feel like Hazel had that full arc there too with like, you know, going from just her and her dad to like her being the one that like Fee is a part of our family. Like yeah. it's yeah, just, yeah. oh, it's so heartwarming. Someone asked, is it hard to write steamy scenes? Um, you know, I, I, I love reading them so much yeah. <laughs> and everything that it's not. I love some nice smut. Yeah. I, I, it's, I wouldn't say it's hard for me. Um, but I, I really hate to like sound pretentious about things, but I want them to contribute something to the book. Still. I want that. I want it to fit the characters. First of all, I want it to be important to the the, the storyline and I want it to feel like them I wasn't gonna like open the door to see me scene and have Meyer like you know break out the whips and chains it just it wasn't <laughs> it's not him. <laughs> he has a bag for his dirty laundry when he travels yeah. it's yes, not giving exactly <laughs> exactly he has it he like folds his dirty clothes yeah yeah I didn't I think once you get to know your characters really well and you get to that point, like, you know, I've, I've obviously, I mean, you've read um, the co-op too. Like those characters yeah. are more broken. It's more like oh, almost so competitive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely more like a competitive thing with them. Yeah. Like I am going to be the one, I'm going to make you lose control. No, I'm going to make you lose control first. Like it definitely is like more of a push and pull, but like with Fee and Meyer, when they're finally there and like, it's like, it, it is just very like lovely and, and comforting and stuff. And, and it's like fun. Like they're finally doing this. And so, yeah, of course they're going to just like order a bunch of food to their hotel room and yeah. not leave for you know, a full day. For the whole like, day. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the one part of your, their friendship that they haven't explored. Just, yeah. They finally get oh. to. So. 
I love that. And I, don't get me wrong, I love spicy scenes for the sake of spicy scenes yes. when it like calls for it, when the book yeah, is exactly. there. But I, that's what I love so much about when they exist in like, you know, more like traditionally published contemporary romances. Like, how does this benefit the character and their storyline? And like, when you get to it, you're kind of like, you guys deserve this. Like, yes. let's, let's just all be here yes. in this moment because it's great for you guys. And I feel like that's so true of them. Oh, absolutely. And I've definitely uh, read it and loved it like in other stories with other characters when it happens more like when they're finally at that point and it's more like a confidence building thing and, and like a you know we're, we're making the most of our time together and that kind of stuff like I've, I've definitely as long as that for me and these books and these stories I really like it when it again fits the story yeah, so, and the characters. And it, 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 it contributes something in it. It gets something out of it besides just an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. No, and I feel like sometimes people, like, that's the part that they point to in romance. And they're like, ooh, spicy scenes, sexy scenes. But I feel like that's such, like, a real intense part of being in love and falling in love and finding people and, like, making that connection. And, like, I think to, like being 30 years old reading a romance novel like I love to read YA or like closed store but like sometimes it's like that's this is a part of, it's a part of an adult connection you know yeah and so yeah it's authentic it's real and I love it and like I think we talked about it a little bit before but like I love how I love the build-up to it is like it's not too sexy too soon it's more of like like literally oh, the like the the, the the hands are touching or like there's like but like then we get like her tear on his lip and he licks it and I'm like Tara uh, yeah <laughs> that was hot but yeah and like I and the other stuff though I I think it's really fun to put them in situations because that's the only thing like as like adults and stuff you don't I don't know it, 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 there's not always a lot of steps to get there like yeah unless it's just a foreplay and then and all that so I really love it in books how you can put them in situations where they maybe do some other stuff like that the gum scene is like that's one of oh, my favorite scenes I've written yeah. in anything ever I and it's such <laughs> a small it's such a small detail just turning back and being yeah. like oh he's blowing a bubble with my gum and oh, like so, you know I, I, so I just much. I, I, I yeah I that's one of my it's always the small things that kind of make my stomach do a full loop and so I really I love being able to I love those tense moments moments of tension or when they say something that should be innocuous but because the attraction is building and everything it just it like kind of takes them back for a second I love yeah. those moments big time too yeah uh, similarly what you were talking about about like knowing your characters in these moments like another moment that I loved so much is when she has like getting ready for the premiere and her hair and makeup are fully done and yeah. she's like we can't touch this yes. and it's just so funny because it's like she walks in the door and like they're like immediately but she's like don't fucking mess up my hair yeah, you can't I, fuck. yeah. yeah. No, now That's we have real. an obstacle <laughs> I love doing, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, I love doing that with characters too. Like somebody like Fee would be easy to write as somebody who like was just chaotic and messy and, you know, like, yeah, she'll wear a hairy belly swimsuit, but like, <laughs> so, you know, she must not give a shit about 
how she looks all the time, but like I gave her, made sure she had like a skincare routine. And I like, cause I just think a lot, I don't like when characters feel too much like an archetype. I want them like, we all have contrasts. We all have like, you know, I, yeah, that's, I can be the most disorganized chaotic person ever, but I have like a 10 step skincare routine that, you know what I mean? Like I, we all have our thing and we all have, um, things that wouldn't necessarily fit the, whatever box we think we're in. And so I really like when characters have little, little thing, bits and pieces like that, especially like like her calendar. (laughs) Yes. And she feels beautiful. She's like, don't fuck up my hair. But like, also, yes, I do want to, I do want this. Yes, <laughs> but you don't get to touch this. I yes. love that, and that's what makes Fee so like raw and real, and like the anxiety that she goes through, but the confidence that she feels, and like all of these different situations on stage, off stage with Hazel, when like they're being intimate, like all of these moments. It's just she becomes such like a well-rounded person in the sense that like none of us are really well-rounded people. Yeah, We're all kind exactly. of like big blobs of people, and like yes. that's perfectly Fee. Um, and on that. There was a lot of people who I wouldn't say that they weren't interested in reading, but it's like this book. But it was more of that, like, I'm not sure about romance type of people. And I'm like, you're going to love it, Um, that they said that they read your dedication and that they were like, huh, okay, I actually am really going to enjoy this book and I love it. And a lot of people asked, what was the inspiration by that? Or what were you when you wrote that? Where was your mind at? looking back on it, it feels a little bit like melodramatic now, but I was like crying at my computer writing that because I, and I was very much, that was very much like my, my moment, like just like in the book with B, like when she's like, I will make them laugh and I will this, like, she's like determined and she's like, I will shirk my pride and I will do what I got to do. I was feeling very much, um, like not shunned, but a little bit on the outside of things and stuff. It was, it was like, it's, it's definitely hard to make, um, writer friends and in writing can be a very lonely thing. Um, it's just you and your brain. Yeah. uh, And it can be, you can kind of twist yourself up into knots over it. And I just, I was having a hard, I was feeling very much like maybe I'm too messy to be friends with like, these other people polished are, beautiful yeah more polished and they, they know they know what they're doing more and I'm you know out here winging it and stuff and I and not only that but like I was working full-time and, and I was also like trying to trying to write full-time I was still like you know I, I definitely fielded my fair share of comments over like oh are you, are you writing like a 50 shades type book and you know I you oh hear, God. You hear, yeah you hear stupid crap like that all the time yeah um and but more than anything I definitely was in that place where I was like I, am I too much like am I do I want too much am I too loud and chaotic am I too maybe I'm am I being too sensitive am I too emotional that I'm like you know, I'm I'm a well-rounded 30 something year old woman. I, with a good life, like, why am I, why is this, why am I letting this stuff hurt my feelings anymore? Like, and so I finally was just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to open this book with a diarrhea joke. And this isn't for those people. This is for this. So yeah. 
No, I love it so much. And like, I, I think that speaks back to like you not telling anyone that you're writing because it's like, yeah, you have to like be very vulnerable there. And especially like when the entire point of like writing this sort of book is for people to read it like like that's the whole thing is like exactly <laughs> I wanted you to read it but like now I kind of don't want you to but yeah. could you just read it without actually looking at it at all yeah. um just run me over I, I always joke I'm like run me over with your car and then read it like just <laughs> you know that, that'd no, be not great that. <laughs> I'm joking I'm joking <laughs> it's hilarious though <laughs> I love it um okay. but like I think that's the thing about it's like to write books like this, you have to like tear yourself apart a little bit and put them back together into different people. So it's such like a, I hate when people say like, oh, she's too sensitive. It's like, well, then why don't you be more kind to that? Because I'm yeah. a very sensitive person. <laughs> or like, yeah. you think I'm like too emotional. It's like, why don't you be more kind to that? Because I'm a very emotional person. Mm -hmm. um, but I hope that it's not like that for you anymore. I feel like Bookstagram no, it's is been, like oh, now. It's been, yeah. No, it's I've definitely been in the season of like just feeling um, like I, like it's been a com comfortable shoes to step into now. Like yeah. I know what I like now. I know what I like to write, and like I'm very comfortable doing it. Um, doing this it is well, my I'll say. Thank you. This is my full time job now. Like I back then um, before you know funny feelings started doing well and stuff. I I knew in my mind, like, I just want to do well enough that I can do this as my full-time job. Like I can replace my, my old job and, and everything. And so, and I got, you know, I made it there. I got to that point. Um, which is so huge. It is like, huge. I feel like, was like, like you kind of passed by it, but it's like to, you kind of restarted like yeah. a little bit later because of like the the pandemic kind of seemed to like jumpstart that for you. And I feel like, like, I don't want you to bypass that too quickly because that's amazing and such like a Thank huge you. feat, I think. And I feel like very inspiring for a lot of people who, you know, yeah. they want to try something new and look at you, look at you go. Thank you. And it, and at the end of the day, like I got that because I did embrace being too much, you know, I did yeah. embrace like that. I wanted, I want to play professional make-believe. You know, that's and um, because I know what it does, what books have done for me, I don't belittle it anymore. I don't ever feel like I have to belittle it or like silly. My romance books are silly or or less of a book than, you know, a literary masterpiece. Yeah. I always joke that I'm reading like silly little romance novels, but I never mean that. It's always sarcastic no, because I'm I, like, this is the main focal point of my life, actually. <laughs> Yeah. And do you know what something uh, silly and romantic, how much it's contributes to my mental health and yeah. how it's like actually made me look for and notice like these beautiful little things in my life. It doesn't just they, like, people there think sometimes like, oh, well, it's going to set unrealistic expectations and it's going to take you out of your real life and, and everything when you're, you want fictional stuff to be real all the time. That's not that's not always the case. It, it has also made me like books also make me notice so much that I never noticed before. And they make me more, more empathetic toward people that aren't necessarily like me. And um, like, you know, I've read stories where I've been really invested in very shy characters, stories and stuff. And whereas I probably would have been the type of person before that would think like, oh, that person's just not very fun and they don't like me or something like that just because they're shy now like I'm, I'm more it make you read a certain book and it makes you more thoughtful about that sort of thing so no 
know, and that's true of your book too. Like I had never thought of the perception of like using ASL in comedy and like how that changes while also like really loving when he sucks her ring off her finger. Yes. Like there's such a nice balance to it that it's like, yes. it brings you so much joy. And like, I think that like romance novels have helped my mental health in the past two years more than anything. I mean, probably my medication as well, but like also <laughs> romance novels. Same, same, yeah. <laughs> but what you were saying is like, um, there's actually something that Emily Henry posted on her story once about like being a romance writer, about how a lot of people look down on it, but like how proud she is to be a writer of that. Because at the end of the day, every single one of us is like so hopeful and like mm-hmm. it's kind of embarrassing, but it's yes. like every single one of us is like hopeful for love, hopeful what things will work out for us, hopeful for a happy ending. But for some reason that has to be embarrassing that we want to read that, that like we have to read serious books and that like our like books with Swifty references are somehow like less because it no. like dates them to like a current sort of contemporary book. And I just complete, I loved that so much. And that was actually what made me like feel really confident to start the book club because I was like, it's so true. Like I just want people to read romance novels because I think they would feel just so much better. better. Like it's, you don't realize how um, universal so many of our experiences are. And like, when you do that, like you go, you go to a Taylor Swift concert and you see people that are five and then you see people that are yeah. 55. And you I see, did see you, you know, go to the Eras tour. I will know. I did. <laughs> I did. Best time of my life. Yeah. Um, incredible. Everything. Uh, and yeah, it is like, it is an embarrassing feeling to be so hopeful and to, to be a dreamer and stuff. And, but it's when it's collectively embarrassing, when you recognize that so many of us are, are thinking the same things, even though, even if our, the things we want are different, like I want to, I want to be a writer who's, you know, people love whose stories people love and who like can't wait for their next book and stuff like that. Other people want to just pursue to do well in whatever their career is. I mean, it, yeah. it's or like Loren, they just want to be yeah, happy. They just want to be their happy house. and not not be. They want to be understood, you know. Yeah. Um, and and understood and accepted for them as they are. Yeah, and I think that's why your uh, dedication, like just resonated with so many people is because like I know romance is mostly read by women but there are like Mm -hmm. lots of different people who read it but like they look at that and they're like oh gosh that's me and even if they don't (laughs) the same things that you do it still like really resonates um not to move on from this completely but we were talking about Taylor Swift and there is a little bit of a Taylor Swift reference in your book and I have to ask because Lover comes on you know, we yeah. love it. And she is like, this is not, this is not the song for me right now. Um, yeah. But she does talk about her and Meyer being a song. And then she immediately meets a man named Joe. Was that <laughs> purposeful? I know. No, it really wasn't. <laughs> I did not even think about it until after. It, but it just fit. It just fit. I highlighted that earlier this week because I'd never noticed it in any of my previous reads. I was like, oh, did she just... Did she yeah. just put a Joe reference in this? <laughs> the only thing was like him being like, oh, is you like, yeah, him saying like, let me guess your favorite song is me. And I'm yeah. like, that's like, we could talk about, listen, that song is a bop as the kids I would love say. Me. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a jam, but as far as her entire catalog of songs go, 
really that's the one you picked for like, yeah those, you know. I know that anyway. I'm a handful baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on yeah no. I don't love it yeah. <laughs> no exactly exactly but no I did not even I didn't even think about it I didn't even think about uh, it till after well I love that it was incidental like that it's completely yeah. subconscious <laughs> I will call it <laughs> yeah it's that embedded it into my psyche at this point my gosh but I forget what song you mentioned as Meyer and the fee is talking about and she thinks of in terms of Meyer. It, it was Run. It was the one by with her and Ed Sheeran. And it yeah. was just it was just one that I kept like picturing, you know, coming on and stuff. Um, and it's kind of like one of those songs that's like hopeful and it, they are in their own world and they do their own thing. And I really like that. I think that in terms of if I had to pick their defining um Taylor Swift song. Oh, yes. I would love to know. I think it's, I would have to be like Snow on the Beach. Uh, the more and more I've, I've listened to <gasps> yeah. it and heard it, but like, I mean, weird, weird, but beautiful. Come on. And um, my flight was awful. Thanks for asking. Like when she gets off the plane yeah. after her full blown anxiety, like melt, you know, mental meltdown. Um, so many parts of that song. I'm like, oh, my yeah. <laughs> I also would maybe give them sweet nothing just a little bit yep. when she at the end is just also like he just appreciates her mind so much. Yep. And then you you say what a mind. Yeah. Yeah. Too soft for all of it. Like, honestly, there's so many of them because they're just so perfect for each other. And that's what she does best is isolating those moments in a relationship that feel so perfect and maybe relationships that aren't. But theirs is. And I love it. Yes. Okay, so this is my last question about funny feelings before we get maybe into like, I want to hear more about the traditionally published path that funny feelings is about to take. Um, But there's this moment that um, Farley and Meyer share because he takes her to this outdoor movie and she doesn't know that there's going to be a commercial for her upcoming wet and mild tour. Yeah. (laughs) And she gets so excited and they're like having this joyous moment and someone was like, wait, wasn't that you? And she's like so excited about it. And I wanted to know if, if you have had a moment like that where you have been like so joyous and like, it's like, wait, is that you sort of thing? Oh gosh. I, yeah, I, you know what I have, I've had, I've had a couple, I had, um, I actually went, this is so funny. I went to see Brett Goldstein in San Diego a few months ago. Oh, now. I saw that. Yeah. yeah I, I went there. to, I feel like a, a stalker because I, watch all your well, stories on Instagram. <laughs> I, I am also a notorious oversharer. So you're not talking anything. I'm, I, it's all, it's all, there. it's all out there. Yeah. Um, so I went, I, I went to see him and I, I sat down and I like had brought in a copy of my book. And, um, just because I knew I'm like, I gotta take a picture because it's stand up and it's like, you know, whatever. I, I, and so, um, a group of girls sat next to me and a girl next to me asked like, Oh, have you read that yet? And I, I had this no moment where I was way. like, Dictating. and I was like, I was like, I have, uh, have you? And she's like, I just got that on, on Kindle unlimited. I, and, and I'm like, what is she going to say about it? And, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, have you? And she said, um, yeah, I just got on Kindle unlimited so far. I love it so far. So good. And I was like, thanks. I wrote it. <laughs> so, um, and so, yeah, that was, it, that no was definitely way. a cool, a cool moment to be, especially at a stand up at a show? random thing at a, yeah, at a stand up show at a random thing a magic moment. and the girl that sat next to me recognized it. I've also like seen somebody in line. Um, uh, I was standing in line for a bathroom and I saw somebody like, uh, going to it on their phone on 
like and that yeah. but it felt too rude to like say something at that point like tap up I wrote like, that <laughs> what are you yeah what are you doing uh, no but so I have seen that before but yeah I definitely that moment of having somebody sit next to me and That's recognize amazing. it was really really cool I maybe would have started crying <laughs> on either end of that situation <laughs> yep I was definitely struggling like not to so yeah it would have been one thing if she'd been like, yeah, I stopped reading it. Didn't like it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That, did you, have you read that? Ooh. Yeah. And you're like, like oh, you're like, me yeah, too. I know. It's trash. Terrible. <laughs> so gross. And then you have to move seats. Yeah, I know. The whole thing. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. That's so, yeah. that's so sweet. I know. I'm like, I hope she finished it. I hope she liked it. Yeah. I hope she liked it too. Um, but speaking of funny feelings, this existed a little bit as an ebook. It was available to buy. Um, but it is being traditionally published, which it's really exciting because it's coming out October 17th, which is a big date in my house because that's my parents' first anniversary uh, or their first date anniversary. That's They celebrate that more than their wedding anniversary. Oh, I love that. So I love that it's coming out that day because it feels, it feels very special that, for that's me That's a personally. special day. Oh, I love that so much. What has the path been to traditional versus like you just putting yourself up to indie? It's been like, I mean, it was a, it's been a, uh, easy transition so since they um you know bought the rights or bought the bought the books they put them out uh quickly on they republished them in ebooks but they're basically going to spread out my backlist books and um kind of stagger them with my you know upcoming traditional like traditionally published books um to give them all kind of their own special re-release and so uh, yeah yeah, and and um, obviously they thought it would be a good incentive to tweak the cover a little bit. That way, people that do have the original copy might want the new one too. Yeah, a little um, blue. So they change it a little, change it to blue. Um, and it still feels like a cozy, like yeah, fall fall book. And so the way it looks and everything. And so it'll be a, it'll be good for it to come out in in October. It, it has been it. it I hate disappointing people when they're like, I've been looking everywhere trying to find a physical copy and all that. And so it, that's always been hard. I'll be very happy when people can actually hold it. Yes, I will be very happy when they can hold them again. That was the thing about the book club is everyone was like, I can't find this. And I was like, because no. you can't. <laughs> um, yes. But I was but I like I was like, you could read it on ebook. You can eat it in our we host our book club on fable which is really fun because it's kind of like kindle unlimited where you can like highlight everything and you can see what people Mm -hmm. are screaming about and that's why i love book club so much is because like you get the different perspective which one of them i actually wanted to share with you what they said because it really made me emotional which was um it was they were i don't remember what chapter what it was from but they were going through a breakup and she said that meyer gave her hope to fall in love again and I loved that so much. I wanted to tell you about it because it's not something that you get when you read alone to like have yeah. all these thoughts of what people find funny, but like what's really impacting them because she said the time in her life feels so dramatic and everything felt so intense, but Meyer made her feel that yeah. hope again. And I wanted to share that with you. I love that so much. I love that so much. That makes me so happy because that's like the, again, my favorite types of stories are the ones that feel like there's always, there's that element of wish fulfillment, but there's something there that, um, feels very like approachable and real. And, and I really, and that's all to me, that makes me more invested. And like, I get that ache in my chest, like, man, I just want these people to be real. I just need it. I just want like, that's, 
that's what I love the most. And so, and I think that that's, you know, that's really what I, what I want in my books. I want them to feel like real people. And um, yeah, because I think that that makes them even more to me, that makes them even more lovable. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to get funny feelings, we'll post it on our socials when it does come out. Um, so that if anyone who wanted a physical copy after loving it on ebook, I know that I will because I didn't get a Yay. physical copy in the first go round. So I'm oh, like gosh. super excited to get one. Happy to wait patiently. Um, is there any idea about the co-op and Rootbound coming out as well? Not quite yet. Um, I I think right the plan right now, as far as I understand it, is um, Funny Feelings is getting its you know re-release. I've I've already turned in I've already turned in book four, um, Ooh, and exciting. so it will be it will be coming out. Uh, I don't I don't think I'm allowed to share that much yet, but it, next spring sometime. Okay. Um, so it will be coming out next I spring. I can I can deal with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm patient with that. Things, I, time does go faster than we think it does, huh? Yeah. It's, it it definitely was weird this time, not like like finishing a book and not immediately like starting to post like teasers and like try to do some marketing stuff and you know getting an arc list out. Um, it was definitely a different like. Oh, this is hard. Some like, rules. I want to. I want to shout about this, but. Um, it's been really fun getting to uh, amp stuff up for funny feelings again and going through that book and everything again and um, just rediscovering them. There's so many little gems in it that like, I really love, I love that about my favorite books that you can reread it a couple of times and pick something else up almost every time with a little nuance every time so the one that gets me every time though is like the cover reference is like the puddle people yeah. of like the umbrella like that's that's always so perfect uh, that's my yeah that's definitely my favorite like concept is like you know what I'm not always going to be able to like keep my mental umbrella in place I'm not always going to make the right call and and act like you know this perfectly um, well-adjusted person, but like, these are my, these are my puddle people. These are the people that love me, even in my stormy bits. Like that's, that's, that's what we need. And that's what we're all looking for. So I really, that, that part was really important to me. Are we allowed to hear anything about book four? If not, it's okay. But is there any sort of like, I can, I can say, or... yeah, I can definitely yeah. um say that. So it's definitely, <laughs> right person uh but we've got a limited time over okay. our heads um there's a an element of um there's a single parent element to it but it's like a, it's a guardianship and it's a, for a teenager so uh yeah that's definitely that was definitely fun to to write like a seething <laughs> teen <laughs> We all have one inside of us. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Tapping into teenage Tara was I was a nightmare. There, it's small town. Um, oh, I love. Yeah, small town, and I'm trying to think of like how what else I can kind of share. I remember uh, you sharing a lot of geese on Instagram. Yeah, there's definitely a, a whole. There's a whole storyline with a goose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for it. I feel like after everything that you've said is like, I love, I can't wait because I can't. Cause like, I actually have to admit, I haven't read Rootbound yet because it was one of those things of like, if I read this, yeah. there's not any more Tara <laughs> books for me to read. So I'm like, it's like, 
I'm holding it like hostage a little bit from myself of like on a day when I know that I need something that's gonna like help me I'm kind of saving that for that but um it will be nice to like have another one maybe it'll finally push me to read it knowing that like I have one um coming up in the spring that I know I'll love I can't wait yeah I I definitely it's it's always like you you walk away from a book thinking like oh my god I'm never gonna love characters more than that I never like I I thought that way I thought that way like for sure when it came to Farley and, and Meyer like I thought there's no way I'm never gonna write anything better than this I'm never gonna love characters as much as I love them um, and then I did the same, like with Deacon Lorraine, I was like, these are my children. These are my like broken babies. And I like, oh, I, I love them. I just, yeah, I just, I like, I felt that way about them even more so. Um, and, or, you know, it, it happens every single time. It's, that's the most magical part about being able to write books. And that those different books are going to hit differently for people every yeah. time. There are going to be people that identify more with the Lorraine and Deacons of the world. And there are going to be people that identify more with, you know, all these other characters. This, I think that um, the ones that I just, that I turned in book four characters are, it's definitely one of my favorite books I've ever written. Oh, I can't wait. That just makes me more excited. What's interesting is like, I feel like favorite books, I, it's usually like the first one that I read from an author. Like nothing has topped Beach Read because that mm-hmm. by Emily Henry because that was the first one I read. And I thought that that was going to be the case with you as well. It's like I read Funny Feelings first and I was like, there's no way mm-hmm. that nothing gets better than this. And then yep. I read The Co-op, which is like, I think that that's one of the only books by an author that like the first one that I read was not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Which I feel bad to say that like Funny Feelings no, is not my no, favorite because I love it so much. Again, I, when I walked away from when I finished the co-op, I loved, I loved like Deacon and Lorraine and I loved the co-op more than I loved funny feelings and that they're all my, they're all my children. That's how, yeah. And once you take some time away, you're like, oh, they're, they're all my children. I, I yeah. love them all equally, but <laughs> you definitely like, it's just different and it's going to, different books are going to hit different for different people, different times in your life. So no, I don't get offended by that at, at all. Like, well, maybe it'll I have change. my favorites too. So maybe yeah. goose book four will, goose you book. know, yeah. <laughs> maybe that'll be the one that like really oh, sends gosh. it over the edge, but I can't oh wait. Gosh. It's going to be such a good spring. So many good books are coming out, including yours. Wait. But if you have made it this far and you have not read Funny Feelings or you have and you haven't read Tara's other books, you can read The Co-op and Rootbound. They're available on ebook, both of them. They're also available on Kindle Unlimited. If you um, use Kindle Unlimited, I do. I That's like the perfect place to find those. Um, Or you can get on October 17th, Funny Feelings will be coming out. Um, Tara, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you you online if they want to stalk you on social media the same way that I do? <laughs> I uh, on I'm on Instagram and on Threads now, and um, I'm on I'm on TikTok too. I keep things pretty light over there. Don't come there. Don't come there for the literary content. <laughs> go there for the funnies. Um, and, but my handle is author Tara Dewitt. I officially changed it the other day to say that I'm an author. So we lost T. Dewitt writes and reads. T. Dewitt reads and writes. Yeah, yeah. I it was time. It was time to embrace it. So. I'll also put it in our stories. So if anyone wants to come follow you, I'll put links to your books if anyone wants to read them because they're perfect. And I feel like if anyone (laughs) is a fan of Gilmore Girls and the hilarity yet heartfelt sentimental um, 
gut-stabbing sort of emotions, you will love Tara DeWitt. Thank you so much for joining us today. I say us, but it is just me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you so much to all of our book besties for listening to today's episode of Gilmore to Read. If you want to join either of Gilmore to Read's book clubs, head down into our show notes so you can get a link to Fable, which is where we host our book clubs, or head over to our Instagram at Gilmore to Read, where you can find more information there. As you probably know, we have two book clubs, and if you like to read books that are more in line with something that Rory might read, you should join Where You Read I Will Follow. This month, we are reading Severance by Ling Ma. Or if you want to read books that feel like Gilmore Girls, but the relationships you love, the witty banter, the tropes, then you should join Reading is Sexy. This month, we are reading What Happens After Midnight by K.L. Walther, who just so happens to be our guest for our next episode of Gilmore to Read. So I will see you back in September.